Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show. I'm here with Don George. Don, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Fun to be interviewing you today. You have a wonderful book called The Innocent Abroad. Tell me a little bit about your concept here and what you've done to, uh, uh, you know, as, as a concept. Let's talk about that first. Well, in, in my life as a traveler, I found that innocence plays a big role in every adventure I have. So I went out and asked a, a bunch of great writers if they had had experiences with innocence when they traveled, and they all had some wonderful stories to tell. Yes. In, in many cases, in, in my travel experiences, it might be ignorance as well. That could <laughs> that, They're that, closely <laughs> related, I think. <laughs> it off. Where did you meet these 35 writers that, you, you, that have created stories for you? Uh, some of them I've been working with for years. I've been a travel writer and editor for about 30 years now. So some of them I've worked with for a long time. And others are just people I, I've loved from afar, whose work I've loved from afar. And I just reached out to them online, basically, um, and, and found them. And, and many of them responded and said, we love the idea behind your book, and we'd love to be a part of it. Really great concept. Tell me a little bit about your travel writing experience. I'm, I'm curious about that. You literally have forged a career as, as a travel writer. Tell us how that started and, and how that actually works. <laughs> well, and I think I'm one of the very few people who actually is able to say that, and I feel incredibly blessed that I, my whole life I've, I've been a travel writer and editor. It's what I love to do, and somehow I've been able to do it. Um, I lived abroad right out of college, and I began writing travel articles during that time. And the first one got published uh, maybe a year after I was out of college, and I just kept writing more and more. And one thing led to another, and soon I was doing this full-time based in the United States but traveling all around the world. Were you working for one publication or many? At the beginning, I was actually living in Japan on a fellowship teaching, and I just began writing stories and sending them off. Um, but when I came back to the United States, I got serendipitously hired by the San Francisco Examiner newspaper as a travel writer, and that really got me started. So I did that, and then I worked later on for um, Salon.com's uh, website, which was uh, the travel portion was called Wanderlust, and then I worked for Lonely Planet Publications. So... Uh, after I first got started, then I worked for the Examiner newspaper, Salon.com, and Lonely Planet. Hmm, terrific. And and what's it like out there in, in, in today's marketplace for travel writers? Can somebody make a living? Is it more competitive now than ever? And is there a need, a thirst, if you will, for travel stories? There is certainly an incredible desire on the part of people to to write travel stories and to read travel stories. I get asked this question so much that I ended up writing a book called Lonely Planet's Guide to Travel Writing, which is really a how-to book for people who want to become travel writers, um, you know, how to do it and what it's like to do it. And uh, that's apparently the best-selling travel writing guidebook on the planet. So that's um, nice. 
Uh, so I put all my um, advice and inspiration and information into that. But I would say it's extremely difficult, but you have to be persistent and kind of strategic and uh, passionate about it. And if you're all three of those things, you can make it work. What's the income look like? <laughs> Let's just it's not, right it's not it. very exciting. <laughs> um, uh, for, well, for me, I'm actually able just because of the, I've been doing it for so long. I, I make a, a, a solid. Um, I'm able to support a family um, with my income, but I would say, generally speaking, especially for people starting out, it's uh, it's difficult. I do not give up your day job to become a travel writer. Um, it's probably going to be something that you supplement on income earned another way, you supplement it with your travel writing income. But as I say in my book, um, you get very rich in the bank of experience, and uh, and that's worth a lot. You may not have a lot in the other bank, but the bank of um, life experience, you, you're very wealthy indeed. Tell me about touching the heart of, of readers uh, from a travel perspective. Are they more interested? Does it depend on the publication? It probably does, who you're writing for. But in general, do you imagine the, your readers and your fans being curious cats and wanting facts and data and wanting shortcut tips on where to go? And you know, You're short on time when you travel, so you're, you're faced yeah. with these monstrous decisions. How has that affected your writing style um, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It it does vary a great deal by by publication. Um, I've been lucky enough. The kinds of stories that I like to write are, are first person stories that have a lot of experiential, anecdotal information in them, and and reflection on kind of the meaning of travel and what this particular trip represents for me and what I'm learning from it. Um, so those are the kinds of stories that I write, and I find that. The more personal I get in my stories, the more it touches people profoundly. The the emails and letters that I get seem to really indicate that. So I, I've been lucky that I've been able to write the kinds of stories I love to write. But the gamut of travel information goes all the way from the ten best beaches in Florida to um, you know uh, how my life was changed by this experience in Cambodia. And so. You can get published as a travel writer all along the spectrum of, of those stories, and I just prefer the ones that are more on the kind of personal, reflective side. Let's go to the book. So, by the way, I could ask you questions about yourself for probably another hour or two, but <laughs> dude, dude, you're just fascinating and really wonderful to talk with. Thanks so much Thank for you. being here today. Um, t- tell me a little bit about uh, the, the, the authors in the book um, and the stories that they've created. Um, I'm going to brazenly ask you for what's your favorite story, and that's just an <laughs> awful question to ask. <laughs> awesome, right. awful. I, I can rescind it if you want me to, but but at least give 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 the, the listeners a flavor for one of your favorite stories and why you you selected this author in this story. Well, I, I I I will, and I'd like to first of all just mention that there's some of my true literary heroes are in this book. Um, Richard Ford, who's a Pulitzer prize winning author, uh, Ann Patchett, who's an amazing novelist, Cheryl Strayed, who wrote the book wild that has become a national phenomenon and is going to be a big, big movie. Um, bestselling author, David Baldacci, Dave Eggers, who's a kind of literary icon. There's so many amazing people for me as an editor in this book that I, I'm actually just getting goosebumps again right now mentioning their names. I can't quite believe that 
I edited these people that they wrote their stories for me. Um, I love all, you know, it's like asking a parent who's your favorite child. So I really can't name one child in particular that I love more than the others, but I'll tell you one story that really surprised and delighted me among all of them did, but David Baldacci, who's a, a mega best-selling author, you see him in airport bookstores, and his name is actually usually bigger on the cover of the book than the title of the particular book. It's, yeah. it's David Baldacci's book. Um, he wrote this incredible story about going back to Italy, to the land of his ancestors, and just being extraordinarily surprised by something that happened there that ended up really changing his life and 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 the experience of his whole family on this family trip to Italy. It's a delightful, amazing, wonderful story that I just love. When I when I talk about the book, it comes immediately to my mind because it's so full of wonder and serendipity and kind of transformation. So I love that one. But really, they're all every single story in the book, and, and they're short, so you can just pick them up and spend 15, 20, 30 minutes reading and you've, you've covered one or two or three stories. And I, and I like the fact that they're short and easy to digest and a lot of fun to read. Tell us on how you pitched the concept to each of these authors um, and got momentum going and the storyline going. I take it this, this term innocent is the thread yeah. But, uh, did it come from a conversation with a few of them, or did it, did it, uh, you know, did you did you come up with a concept and take it to them and saying, are you interested? To tell us about how that was pitched. Right. So the the theme comes directly from my own hapless life as a traveler, where I'm I'm always innocent or ignorant and uh, you know blundering into situations. I have this incredible naivete that I somehow have managed to retain through thirty plus years on the road and. Um, what I've found is that when you bring innocence to the world, the, the world kind of rewards you in a lot of ways. It rewards you with kindness and generosity and taking care of you and opening doors. And I found that innocence is really a, a force for, for transformation when I travel. And um, I basically went out to authors and said, you know, this is my experience. Um, how about you? Have, you? have you had an experience of being innocent in a foreign situation and, and where that has actually created some kind of very powerful travel experience. And apparently it really, really touched the nerve and accord with people because I got so many people responding who I really didn't think would write for the book who said, yes, I have a story. I really want to tell you, you've, you've struck a chord with me. So that was kind of how I went out to people. And the response was, was enormous and enormously gratifying. Did you literally write an email to them and saying, here's the concept for the book. I'd like you to read it over. Let me know if you're interested. Was it yes. one sort of letter you sent to all of these potential people? The letter was, the core of the letter was the same where I described the book and then I, I, I customized it for, for each person because, yeah. you know, because I, I have a personal relationship with, most of the writers in the book, either as a friend or as a reader of their work, and so I personalized it in that way. But but the core description of the book was pretty much the same from from one uh, pitch to another. Uh-huh. Were you nervous in editing the work? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, um, yes, to a certain extent. I mean, the book I edited before this, I, I, I do a series of books for Lonely Planet, and the one I did just before this was called Better Than Fiction. And um, 
in that book, I edited Joyce Carol Oates, who's you know, one of the icons of American literature, an incredibly prolific and wonderful author. And I have to say, I was pretty intimidated um, editing her. I just thought I was going to send my edits and she was going to write back and say, you're such an amateur. I'm not going to deal with you. But, yeah. but happily, I resend my, I resend my <laughs> exactly. story. I, I really, forgive me for even suggesting that you change a word. Um, <laughs> so actually it was a very, very happy editing experience. And the same with, with this. I mean, for example, like I said, Richard Ford's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. He's someone I revered for, for years. We had a wonderful, wonderful email exchange about his his story, his great story, and and the, the editing changes I wanted to make. So, yes, it was a little daunting and intimidating with some of these people, and every single one of them turned out to be an absolutely wonderful editing experience as well as a reading experience. So in all ways, this book has turned out to be a happy, happy um, endeavor for me. I'm really thrilled about it. We're happy for you and excited to, <laughs> to, to dig in and read it. Uh, let's take a break, everybody. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end -end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. And now back to Life Tips. 
making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Don. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Let's talk about how travel experience can make people who they are. Can you put some words and color that for us a little bit and how you must be utterly convinced of that after (laughs) publishing your book? Uh, Absolutely. I'll start with myself because I, I graduated from college and I went over to Europe on a, on a fellowship, a teaching fellowship in Greece. And I thought I'd spend one year teaching in Greece and then come back to the United States and get a PhD and become a professor of contemporary literature and, uh, comparative literature, and um, that just seemed to be the life course that was set out in front of me. And I got to Greece, and about halfway through my year in Greece, I went, I really like living abroad, and I really like the learning that happens when you step outside your door. Maybe I'm not going to become a professor of comparative literature. And, yeah. and by the end of that year, I was convinced that I wanted to try to be a writer. And um the great phrase that I came up with is that the world is my classroom. I don't really want to go back to a, you know, an ivy cluttered um, brick classroom where I'm inside all day. I want to be out in the vast, enormous classroom of the world. And that's, so I got my PhD that way instead. And uh, I've never regretted a moment uh, in that decision and in that life. It's been really it just is so incredibly enriching to be out in the world, meeting people, learning new things, um, and being able to, as a writer, share those with other people is incredibly gratifying and fulfilling. From a neurological vantage point, what happens when we travel? Why are we so interested in it, and why is it so critical for our development? It's a fantastic question. And I recently wrote an essay where I talked about the pheromone of the unfamiliar, which I think uh, we're, the synapses start firing when we're encountering new things and we're making these connections and we're absorbing new information, which could be smells and tastes and touches and, and textures and uh, facts and people. And there's just all this information coming in that I think really electrifies us in, in the best possible sense. It makes us attuned to things and we live more keenly and we're just making, we're paying attention more. And I think that's what travel keeps doing on an ongoing basis for me. And I think in a way it's a, it's a fountain of youth in that sense, that it's, you're always drinking from this, these new, this new spirit, this new elixir of experience. And so it just makes everything fresh and new and, and wonder filled. And so I do think that on, on all kinds of levels, our, our, our brain and body is, is enhanced and rejuvenated when we travel. And certainly that's what I, I found reading the stories in the book, too, that people, the authors felt that way, that, that amazing, transformative things happened when they opened themselves up to the world on the road. What were some of the locations that your authors uh, and colleagues wrote about, the, the actual locations that surprised you and perhaps delighted you? Um, boy, <laughs> they're all over the map. Uh, Richard Ford writes an amazing story about Morocco, uh, being out in Morocco. Uh, Jan Morris writes beautifully about Venice. Ann Patchett writes about Paris. 
Alexander McCall Smith, the, the great author, writes about um, being in Swaziland in, in Africa. There's a, a beautiful story about walking um, way out in the middle of nowhere in Anatolia in Turkey. Uh, there's stories about India, Italy, Yemen. <laughs> really, it really goes all around the world. It's, a, it's very much a global tour. And I have to say that basically every single story sort of surprised me. I, it's interesting when I, for me, when I edit these books, there's a, there's a sort of quintessential or archetypal story that I'm expecting a number of people are going to send me. And for, for this book, it was the, you know, I was 21 years old. I went to live abroad. I was full of innocence and my life changed. And I thought I'd get a hundred of those stories. In fact, there's only one of those stories in the book and all the others were absolutely unexpected from all the different layers of their lives. Some written really about experiences that were very recent and others about long ago experiences, but not the, I just graduated from college and went to Paris variety. So the whole, whole gamut of stories. And it was really delightful to me that the archetypal story, there was only one of those and all the others were surprising. Have you visited most all of the locations yourself in the book? Pretty much. Yes. I've, I've been lucky enough to go to about 90 countries through the years. And, uh, most of them I have, but Antarctica, Simon Winchester writes an amazing, wonderful story about Antarctica. I haven't been there. Uh, there's a few stories about places that I, I haven't yet gotten to. I've never been to Yemen, um, but I feel like I've been there now after after reading the terrific story about it. Um, so, yeah, there's a few that I have not yet been to, and it's, it's fun to be able to travel there vicariously through these stories. Do the memories that we take with us from travel experiences help us through tough times and through challenges in our lives? And if so, how? I, I think so, absolutely. And I think that travel has taught me about resilience. It's taught me about connection. Um, it's taught me about this kind of vast web that we're all a part of. And when I feel especially despondent or something happens that really catches me off guard and saddens me deeply, I, I tap into this very deep reservoir of happy travel experiences that I've had, the revelations I've had on the road, the connections I've made on the road, the, the now truly global network of, of friends that I have around the globe who are very supportive, um, you know, metaphorically and, and, and literally, uh, when something untoward happens in life. And so I find that the experiences I've had traveling make me more aware of my, my strengths and my resiliency as a, as a person and also of the, the vast supportive network of the world. And so I think it helps a lot in, in times of, of sorrow and despair um, to fall back on those experiences that I've had where I've not only shown my own strengths, but shown that there's this tensile strength outside me too that's truly the human bond the sort of human muscular connections that we make as we travel in the world and have encounters with people and get to know them and befriend them and they befriend us and that is that that is a fantastic safety support net in my life now and i think it is for most people who really travel with with passion and open hearts and open minds hmm. did any of the authors talk about food 
yes. I'm trying to think if there was any that was really focused on food. Um, Tony Wheeler, the, the amazing and wonderful founder of Lonely Planet, um, has a really funny story that is in a way focused on cabbage soup. Um, it's not it's not exactly the cabbage soup that ends up being the the important part of the story, but it's what happens around the cabbage soup. And so mm-hmm. now <laughs> every time he has any mention of cabbage soup, and even 40 years later, he's brought back to a very interesting experience that happened mm-hmm. when he was having cabbage soup in his youth. So um, <laughs> that's one. But uh, not uh, not so much food in and of itself, but food is definitely a part of a bunch of the stories. Like um, Ann Patchett's fantastic story about going as a as a as a young woman to Paris is is wrapped up with food. And Pico Iyer has some food experiences, and his uh, he talks about one trip where so many things he did so many things for the first time that he never really expected to do, and some of those in, um, are involved with food. What about the the danger of the environment? Did that come to anybody's forefront of their story? The danger of the environment. I, I know Jen Benning, uh, Jim Benning, did a story, a war story, for example. I'm not uh, right. I just, I you know, but but you know, the danger of the environment or being in dangerous know, places. Yes, certainly, exactly, yeah. Exactly. The, the the Yemen story is really interesting um, because. Uh, this is this is a woman who was on a on a book tour and did a very brief kind of fly in to Yemen and wasn't supposed to be there um, for more than a day, but then it turned out that in her next destination there were there were complications there and her plane there got canceled and suddenly she was in Yemen for three or four or five unexpected days and her hosts were kind of, oh my goodness, what do we do with this English woman who's now a guest in our country? We hadn't planned for this. She hadn't planned for it. And she sort of thought, well, I might as well just go with this. I'm Here I am with strangers, but they seem friendly enough. And she ends up having a remarkable experience that no one involved expected to have, but a host family sort of takes pity on her, ends up taking her to this island that she'd never heard of that turns out to be a paradisical place in the middle of, of Yemen, which is having all kinds of problems at the time, political and economic. And and so uh, a place that's really quite scary. She has to have a bodyguard everywhere she goes, turns into a paradisical retreat um, quite unexpectedly. So that's a beautiful story of that happening. And Jim Benning's story, which is called War Story, it's not the danger of the environment, but he's traveling through Europe with his dad who served during the war. And um, gradually as they travel, his dad sort of opens up a little bit more and a little bit more about the experiences that he had as a soldier because being back in those places for the first time since the war stirs things in his dad. And it kind of, it's a very, very, very moving story about how father and son kind of bind in, in a new way. They get a bond between them that they'd never had before by being in these places where his dad had these war experiences. How about the element of surprise? Did that play into everyone's story, I would imagine? And and, and, and what are some memories of that uh, in, in, in these stories that you could share with us? Oh, and, it, and definitely, it, it, it definitely did. Um, 
the one that comes immediately immediately to mind is, is Richard Ford's story about being in Morocco where he and his wife impetuously decided they were going to ride their, take their little car up into the mountains and, and just kind of <clears throat> keep driving and see where it took them. And <laughs> along the way, they'd been warned about the hashish sellers, but they didn't really know that the hashish sellers would actually be literally standing in the road in front of them holding their big bricks of hashish and trying to get them to stop and, and buy the hashish. And so that, what was kind of a lark, oh, oh, let's drive into the mountains and see what happens, turned into a really harrowing story. Um, so that was a big surprise for them. And of course, everything ended up happily, but um, it's really a funny story and a, a fun story to read. How about the element of romance? Did that play in at all? It it did, although I have to say that it didn't play in the way I expected it to. Um, I figured there would be some of those, oh, I just graduated from college and I went abroad and fell in love and my life changed. And um, there weren't really many of those, but um, some very interesting variations of, of romance, like um, Fiona Kidman writes a fantastic story about her husband getting unexpectedly really ill in Hanoi and how having to tend to his situation sort of completely rearranged her sense of what was important in her life and how she'd been on a book tour and that seemed like the most important thing and suddenly everything changed and she realized that her her personal relationships with her husband were absolutely more important than than any book tour. So that kind of um, very interesting take on romance definitely is a part of the book and very pleasing to me that it came out in in those ways really moving mature stories about romance it has been so fun having you on the show today don thank you oh it's been a huge pleasure for me your questions have been wonderful and have actually made me think more about the book and and its effect on me so thank you very much indeed how can people get a hold of you and find the book and uh, who would you like to actually to reach out to you? Um, I would love to have everyone reach out to me. I'm extraordinarily proud of this book. I really, really, really am proud of it and happy with it. Um, my own website is, is don-george.com, don-george.com. And there's information about the book there. Um, it's also for sale uh, in bookstores and on websites all all around the internet and the world. Um, LonelyPlanet.com has a shop. Lonely Planet's the publisher, and they have a an online shop where you can buy it. But you could also buy it on Amazon or your favorite um, independent bookstore's website. And um, I, I love hearing from readers. I would be extremely happy if any of your readers are moved to write to me. Uh, sorry, if any of your listeners are moved to write to me. Uh, through my website. It's www.don-george.com and there's an email field there. And I'd love to hear reactions to the book or questions about travel or travel writing or anything. I'm, I love interacting with um, passionate travelers and readers and listeners. So I'd, I'd be honored if your listeners would contact me. I'll squeeze one more question out of you. If you had a, if you had a favorite place that you've traveled in your life, where would it be? Um, it would be one place that has three names, and that would be Paris, Athens, Japan, <laughs> because <laughs> all three of those places have really changed my life. I've lived there in each one and um, <clears throat> had experiences in each one that have made me who I am today in a really profound and uh, 
and wonderful way. So if there is such a place, it would be Paris, Athens, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So great. Thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you very, very much for a wonderful interview. Terrific. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Until next week, we'll hope your life's a little smarter, better, and faster and ready to travel the world and read Dawn's book along the way. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.